0: Welcome to Shedding Starlight, a guide to the Kingdom Hearts mythos. Today, the very first topic we'll be discussing is on something called world order. What do we mean by that? Largely,
1: world order consists of some of the rules that govern the universe built in Kingdom Hearts, which is why we think it's important to make this our first episode topic.
0: In Kingdom Hearts, the universe is composed of countless lesser planets, rather than one big landmass we're used to seeing in JRPG fantasy games. These planets are, of course, Disney films. So instead of, say, Hercules' Greece and Tarzan's Africa taking place on the same Earth, these movies are their own individual planets that are much smaller in scale. Funny enough, they're not actually referred to as planets in
1: game, but rather the more magical term, worlds. Which is an understandable choice given how fantastic some of the worlds in Kingdom Hearts can be, like Wonderland and Halloween Town. Now, all this so far is probably obvious, considering how starting from the very first Kingdom Hearts game, we fly in a spaceship or a gummy ship to all these little worlds. But we gotta start with the overall premise in order to reach the deeper details in how these worlds exist and operate.
0: While seasoned fans will understand why Kingdom Hearts deals with many small worlds rather than one large map, if you're new to the series, or you're a more casual fan in general, you might be wondering why this is. Yes, clearly the development team had to think of how to sell the idea that both London can exist alongside Halloween Town, but how does the story explain itself in this galaxy?
1: You might remember how after finishing Neverland, when Sora revisits Traverse Town, he has this weird vision of Kairi's childhood with her grandmother. In this flashback, the lady speaks of a legend where people loved the light they lived in so much that they started to fight over it. This created darkness in their hearts, and that darkness swallowed most of the light, the people, and destroyed the world. But children, using the light that survived within their hearts, rebuilt the world we see in Kingdom Hearts 1, a world now scattered throughout space. It can get a little confusing using the term world to refer to either individual planets or the galaxy as a whole, but the latter is generally used only when discussing this legend. For most of this podcast, particularly the rest of this episode's presentation, we're going to be using world to refer to individual planets.
0: In the present timeline, it's generally a rule for these worlds to not interact with one another to prevent confusion and panic. Most citizens aren't even aware that there are other worlds, except for a few rulers like King Mickey and King Triton. Even Ansem in his first report writes that he's a scholar and a ruler of Holobashan's world, and yet he only begins to ponder the idea of other worlds as he continues with his experiments. Now we're going to discuss the components of these individual worlds. Every world has its own heart. Just like how Kingdom Hearts prefers the more magical term world, it also uses heart in the more spiritual sense, almost interchangeable with soul. But not exactly since Ansem Report 13 implies these are two different things. When we see hearts of characters, like Sora and Kairi's heart in Hollow
1: Bastion, they appear as small orbs of light. But the heart of a world is much bigger. Ansem describes it as a massive core of energy. It's implied that these hearts shine, and that they collectively dot the sky as stars. For example, after Destiny Islands gets destroyed by darkness and Sora arrives in Traverse Town, Goofy points out a star vanishing. That star was the light of in the Islands and or its heart. And at the end of Kingdom Hearts 1, when Kairi is watching all the worlds being restored, we see an incredible array of shooting stars as worlds return to their places in the sky.
0: Now, hearts of worlds are overall always hidden behind a special keyhole, which can range in sizes and be surprisingly small for protecting something so large. They're also usually placed on unexpected areas like walls or the ground, but there are also a couple of interesting cases where these keyholes are located directly on strange doors. So we really want to take a moment to compare these instances. The first world is Hollow Bastion. In Ansem's fifth and sixth reports, we learn of when Ansem released a heartless for observation. In report five, he writes, In the deepest part of the castle, its antenna began vibrating as if searching for something. Suddenly, a strange door appeared. I'd never known of its existence.
1: Now, it sounds like this door was literally invisible, and only just now appeared as a reaction to either the Heartless or Ansem himself. He notes that this door had a large keyhole already unlocked. And when he opened this door, he saw Hollow Bastion's heart on the other side. Ansem also writes that he witnessed a meteor shower that same night, and in the 7th and 9th reports, it sounds like it happened after he opened the door, which we will circle back to.
0: The other world that also has a keyhole on a door is Destiny Islands. Within the cave near the waterfall, the door is simply nestled in a nook. And through a couple flashbacks we get by playing the game, we learn a really fascinating tidbit about Destiny Island's keyhole and its implications.
1: The first flashback occurs after Sora, Donald, and Goofy, inside the gummy Ship, are swallowed by Monstro and the second flashback occurs after completing Neverland. In these flashbacks, Sora and Riku are little kids when they first enter this cave and see the door for the first time. And from what looks to be Sora's perspective, this door has no keyhole, it's blank, and Riku's unable to open it when pulling on its edge. But when Sora walks away, Riku looks back at the door, and its large golden keyhole is now obviously visible. So for some reason, only Riku is able to see this keyhole. It's still invisible to Sora years later when he talks to Ansem as a robed figure, and even when Sora finds Kairi in the cave just before the door opens completely. And that last instance is particularly interesting. By
0: now Sora had obtained the keyblade, and the keyhole still did not reveal itself to him. It's also interesting that in the flashbacks, Sora and Riku mention a meteor shower that occurred the other night, and that the new girl, Kairi, arrived on the island that night as well. So with Destiny Islands, it seems like a meteor shower occurs, and then a day or couple days later, Sora and Riku find the door, and Riku in particular can see its keyhole. Compare that to Hollow Bastion, whose door and keyhole appeared and opened first, and got a meteor shower afterwards. It's difficult to say if the order these instances occur truly matter, but either way, they're stated to be linked in Ansem's 11th report, where it says, opening the door to the world's heart causes its walls to crumble. These fragments are seen as shooting stars.
1: So what are these meteor showers? Well, along with keyholes to gate their hearts, Worlds also have walls or barriers surrounding them, I imagine in a spherical sense, to protect against outside forces like darkness or heartless. But there are instances where these borders collapse and fall to their worlds like meteor crumbs. These crumbs are the gummy blocks Sora, Donald, and Goofy collect throughout Kingdom Hearts 1 and are, of course, the building blocks to the gummy ship. However, being made of the same material as the barriers doesn't allow the gummy ship to bypass walls. When Sora meets the Final Fantasy trio again at Hollow Bastion, they tell him that restoring worlds and their impassable walls will make the gummy ship useless.
0: So, to summarize everything we've presented today, a typical world of Kingdom Hearts has a heart, and this heart is protected by two things. A keyhole, which in some cases is located on a door, and a barrier surrounding the world itself to help seal it away. But when the keyhole is unlocked, this barrier can crumble, making the world vulnerable to threats like the Heartless. And since keyblades have the power to lock or unlock any keyhole, that's why it was so important for Sora to go around and seal the keyholes of various worlds to protect their hearts from being taken by the Heartless. And we want to dive
1: more into how and why the Heartless were able to do this, but that will be saved for another episode. So for now, we hope this helps you understand some of the major aspects of Kingdom Hearts' world-building.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the discussion section of Shedding Starlight. I'm here with Mel. Say hi, Mel. Hi. We are here recording the thing. This is our first time, and uh, we're about to talk about everything that we just went through in the first 15 minutes of this podcast. Are you ready, Mel? I'm fucking ready. I'm fucking ready. Let's fucking go. Um. Okay, cool. So, we just spent... Fifteen minutes talking about world order. Um, it is a big concept in Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> it is, uh, it is uh, kind of what we said. It's uh, the rules, the world building, the how things just kind of exist uh, exist in, in in this galaxy that we are thrown into in Kingdom Hearts. So as we were uh, kind of writing and researching the script, I was curious about, like, the exact lines that are in Kingdom Hearts 1 that talk about world order. I'm like, who said, like, who has said the terms world order in the cutscenes or in the reports? So I think I looked up, like, literally a wiki script of the actual game, and I control F.
1: Yeah, world order.
0: <laughs> so, I love doing that. <laughs> I I think I think it's only said once in the actual game, if I yeah. remember correctly, by Donald? Question mark. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they like a lot of this is not actually explained in the actual cutscenes of the game. A lot of it comes through the answer reports, which we mentioned, mm-hmm. and um. Yeah. Mo- yeah. Mostly just answering reports, right? Yeah,
1: I feel like answering reports and just frankly, like, just playing the game and go- visiting world to world. Right, and right. And just, like, observing around you.
0: Right, 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 right. So, yeah, it's just very much, like, pretty much kind of constitutes, like, why we're doing what, like, the motivation of Sora jumping from world to world. um, Which we kind of talked about at the end. But... Yeah, just kind of builds like what what's happening with these Disney worlds, and you know the their protections from darkness and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Which and I, go ahead. I,
1: I don't even know if Sora really realizes that that is what he's doing. I feel like the keyholes just glow, and he goes, "Well, I got use a big it. key. I just got to <laughs> use it." Like I don't think he realizes how what he's doing is so important. At least not for like the first half of the game.
0: Yeah, yeah. I remember playing it as a kid and uh, being like, "So what is what do the keyholes actually do?" Because I, when I was younger, I was I was not reading the Ansem report. <laughs> I was not going through that shit. I'm like, "Okay, there's a keyhole, and they can't come back now. They have to leave." <laughs> and it's just like. I didn't realize. It took me a long time to realize like how important it actually was because they really don't actually spell it out in the actual.
1: Yeah, you know, I think that's story. something that kind of separates Kingdom Hearts one from later installments. Where Kingdom Hearts one, yeah. it really is in between the lines, and it really is a lot more simple. At least in terms of like delivering information to the person playing the game. Uh-huh. Other games, you know. You get to, like, current Kingdom Hearts games that come out recently and they really try to spell things out for you. Mm-hmm. But Kingdom Hearts 1 doesn't really do that.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it was just, like, a very much... Because, like, this was a very experimental game. We know mm-hmm. that. And it it wasn't guaranteed sequels at yeah. first. So mm-hmm. I'm sure they were really afraid. I'm sure Nomura had all of these ideas just ready to go but was afraid to actually like really get too heavy into it right off the bat.
1: He's not afraid anymore. <laughs>
0: He's not afraid anymore. We know this. Uh, he, yeah. Dream drop distance lets us know that. Um, <laughs> um, so I, this uh, uh, legend with Kyrie's grandma, I went back and I rewatched the cutscene for that. And it's kind of it's funny because it's just it's little baby Kairi running through this library. And she goes, where are we or where am I or something like that? And grandma just starts into the she just goes, long ago, there were people that blah, blah, blah. And I was like, "Okay, just (laughs) ignore the question, I guess. Um, But it is it's a crazy like. It's a crazy story. It's literally like it's kind of glossed over just a tad because it's a grandma telling a story. Mm-hmm. But like it's laying the groundwork for like you you know, the quote is literally, uh, you know, the darkness covered everything in the world, disappeared. Like Yeah,
1: it's pretty coconuts. Especially because, like, besides that cutscene. Nothing like that is ever referenced again in Kingdom Hearts the first game. Like yeah. ever. It's just that one scene. And it's a little unsettling because it's like not voice acted. There's like no sound effects. It's yeah. just like that kind of spooky music. I don't know if it's spooky, but it's like mystical. Yeah. And then you're just back in Traverse Town and you're just like, "Okay, like <laughs> what just happened?"
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um and it's like, again, I think just laying those seeds of like, here's what could happen if, you know, if this series sees the light of day yeah. later on. Um, and just the fact that like talking about how children were able to recreate the world, like just kind of going tying this all back to like world order, just kind of giving the origins of how everything sort of came to be as we see it um, in the game. Is because of children.
1: Yeah. It's, Which yeah. It's crazy. I love that because it's so... It really ties into how Kingdom Hearts, in general, is about kids. Sora, Riku, yeah. and Kyrie are, like, 15 at the oldest, you know?
0: Yeah. I and remember they- looking through like, wanting to know how old they are. I think it's said in, like, whenever video games used to come with little booklets in the mm-hmm. in the box. I think the it's said. I think Sora was, like, 12 or 14 and Riku was, like, 15 or 16. Yeah, and Kyrie young. was even younger. Yeah.
1: So it's just interesting that even with the legend, whether it's real or not, or whether it was a long time ago or not that long ago, I just think that that is a very cool parallel to these kids that we do know and that we do see and yeah. I, I just love that Kingdom Hearts is about kids.
0: Yeah, it's it's very cool. Um, and, like, as the series goes on, they get older and seem less like kids. But they really are kids in, in this first game. Yeah. Um, the older I get, the smaller Sora is. I think they I make him smaller
1: every release,
0: I swear. I was, yeah, I was younger than him when I think I first started playing these games. And now, no, yeah, that's <laughs> crazy to think about. And... Uh, a line that she mentioned that I don't think we talked about in the script is that she mentions that the the quote unquote true light is still sleeping, yeah. which is crazy. Do you have any insight into that? I think we. It's kind of weird because my first thought is to speculate
1: that the true light. You know, speaking from the perspective of Kingdom Hearts One alone and not any future games. Uh huh. Um. It kind of reminds me of. Do you remember that passage that you can read in that one laboratory when you're at the end of the world and it's that laboratory that only shows up once?
0: Yes. I remember, um, I don't know if I, I I recently, so to to give some context, I recently, um, played the whole series start to finish, um, and I think I, did I end this year or did I end last year? I don't remember, but like, it took me like two years to play through all the games on stream. Yeah. Um, I don't think I did that in my recent playthrough. I don't think I went there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think maybe I looked it up on YouTube or something. I don't remember what the actual quote is, but yeah, yeah, go ahead.
1: I don't remember what the actual quote is
0: either. So
1: yeah, <laughs> let's yeah, we look can up. look
0: it up. I'm trying to remember a line. Oh it's my God, to Google it. <laughs> what? I, I typed in hollow bastion lab quote. Do you know what came up as the first result? On no Google your Twitter. <laughs> um, what does it say? What did I say? Um, it's a spoiler for Lady a games. Oh, They're, okay. Yes,
1: I know exactly what it is. I don't even need to fucking look. This um, was the
0: first, <laughs> the first result. <laughs> God, that is so funny. I wonder if it's doing that because I like I'm logged into Twitter and I follow you, but. Maybe. I just saw, as soon as I typed it, it, it just said Mel at the top of Google. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god. I forgot that that's
1: what I just call myself on Twitter. My handle is just Mel. <laughs> so, this passage just talks about a great heart and the realm of kingdom hearts. For the heart of light shall un- seal the path. Okay, so it doesn't ever mention... True light. It says door to darkness to seal the light. Uh-huh. So... It's a very interesting passage. One that I would like to get to in depth in a future episode. Not quite uh-huh. this episode. But eventually I would love to dive into this passage because it's so interesting. But I think um, when it comes to Kyrie's grandmother and this true light that she's mentioning... I think I think the best chance that we have is something similar to what Ansem is looking for. But because Ansem never calls Kingdom Hearts the true light, it's kind of unsure if what he is looking for and what Kyrie's grandma is talking about is one and the same. But I right. think... If they're not the same, then they at least are leading us to the right path. Right. That's what I still think. But okay. either way, it's interesting that whatever this true light is, we cer- no matter what, we certainly don't see it in Kingdom Hearts. Not as Sora. So yeah. it'll just be really interesting if we ever find out. Well, I guess Sora himself, duh, says Kingdom Hearts is light. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know why yeah. is that iconic quote? So, <laughs> yeah, the end of the game, the climax of the game. Yeah.
1: You know, maybe maybe that's the answer. Maybe this true light is that Kingdom Hearts that Anson was looking for. That- you know what?
0: That would make sense. As like, again, this being a game that is not guaranteed sequels. Mm. That that being a foreshadow of just like the end of the game. Yeah. I think that makes sense for that. Yeah. But who knows? It could be it could be represented as something else later down the line. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, with all of the um, the stuff that we talked about, with the worlds being scattered and the stars in the sky not really being stars, they are the other worlds. Um, and like you know, shooting stars are not actually shooting stars. They're not meteors. They're not asteroids. They are part of the world barriers that are being broken this is kind of implying that like this galaxy that we're moving through is not it's not like outer space like we know it like this is something something else i think it could be kind of
1: like outer space in a way maybe slightly different but closer than i think you would first assume because you know when we're playing kingdom hearts and we're playing the gummy ship Yes, we are avoiding a lot of polygons and obstacles that are not actually in our true. space, obviously. Yeah. True, true. But true. we still, you know, we still have to like shoot down those big boulders that are like meteorites. That's
0: true, yeah. You know,
1: so I think to some degree it's kind of like the outer space of real life. But obviously. Do you
0: think, do you what? think those would also be considered like gummy, like gummy parts? Those asteroids? I like, think, just misshapen ones? You know, I think that's a good question.
1: They do give us gummy parts when we destroy them. So yeah. I wonder if maybe if they're not 100% gummy, if maybe they have, like, gummy crystals inside yeah, uh-huh, embedded yeah. <laughs> or something. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. That's interesting. I, I will say, though, that no matter what, you know, like, when we are in space, we freeze you know like we can right. exist in space without proper protection uh-huh. and i do think that in that sense kingdom hearts is kind of copying real life and, and right. replicating it because uh-huh. i do know that when when riku arrives in hollow bastion he seems utterly exhausted in this one cut scene he's like panting a lot he just seems really really tired and maleficent says something along the lines of oh, it was dangerous for you to arrive here without your vessel or something, you know? Right. So we do know that it might be possible to go planet to planet without a vessel, which is, like, crazy. Like, what are you supposed to yeah. do? Fly through the sky, like, <laughs> swim, swim? through. <laughs> yeah, breaststroke through. There's there's some reason Kingdom Hearts did not want to show us that. Like, <laughs> they did not want to have to explain it. Oh, my God. But either way... Riku seemed to, like, be harmed or damaged
0: through that experience. So that's kind of interesting. Right. So, yeah, just kind of sowing seeds for revelations down the line, I think, there.
1: Mm, Yes, Um, I agree.
0: Yeah. So um, I mentioned shooting stars a few minutes ago. Um, So the shooting stars, again, that we see are the world barriers that are crumbling after a keyhole of a world gets unlocked. So I kind of want to chew on this whole, um, the fact like first Ansem's case. Um, so in his case, he finds the door. It appears to him and the door is already unlocked. And, him opening it ignited this chain reaction of the barrier crumbling in Hollow Bastion. Do I have that right? Yes. But I also...
1: What's weird? It's kind of hard to, like, get a... a real tight, solid grip of what is... what leads to what. Because right. it might also be that the Heartless appearing on his world in general, that might have started the chain reaction. Okay. Like, that might have been what made the world appear, what made the, the door appear in the first place, rather than, like,
0: Ansem himself. It's, it's really unclear. Okay. Gotcha. So then, my, my next question after that is, like, do we know how these keyholes got unlocked In the other worlds, would it then be possibly the Heartless showing up there, too? Or are they able to get to those worlds because the barriers were broken down? Yeah,
1: I, it's kind of weird because, you know, with, you know, going back to Hollow Bastion, Ansem says that the door was already unlocked. He didn't have to do anything to open that sucker up. Right. So, to me, it almost feels like all of these worlds are, they start off being unlocked and being locked is not their natural state
0: okay but so we,
1: that's just kind of like observing the story and i don't right. really i can't think of anything in the actual game to state that worlds are just naturally unlocked
0: right 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 so then following that line of thinking when you know The darkness swallowed the world and it was rebuilt. So then the worlds were then scattered away from each other and there was no barrier. So then Sora is then creating this barrier using the keyholes? Is that, Um, could that be something? I, I don't
1: think so. And the reason why I don't think so is because we don't know how long ago Ansem wrote all of his reports and about his studies Okay. But either uh-huh. way, it seems to me, especially with, with you know, Ansem being that heart and that robe in Destiny Islands. Uh-huh. I, I assume it's it's been a while before Kingdom Hearts 1. So if the worlds already exist and are already crashing down, I don't think the Keyblade is responsible for creating those walls. At least okay. not
0: Sora's or whatever. Right. The one that Riku had right okay interesting I yeah I'm just like me trying to wrap my head all around it is like okay I want to know what what caused what to cause what to cause what you yeah know?
1: I wish uh, I also wish I had could give like more solid answers because I think it's this topic of Kingdom Hearts is so interesting to me uh-huh and so the fact that we just kind of have to like shrug it off slightly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It bothers me, but whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that yeah. Yep. Yep. I agree. Um Yeah, and then I think the last question I had regarding that was that like he and some and you, you mentioned already that uh we don't know how long ago these reports were written. Um I guess it was just interesting to me to think that he was the only person that we know of to have found this research mm. and to have discovered, you know, all of this, the wor- the heart of the worlds and stuff like that. Um, and I guess that led me to believe that these individual worlds have not been around for a super long time. But I guess that's just my own speculation due to the the information that we have. Mm. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's weird because
1: you would think that like if the worlds have not been like separate for a long time, you would think that like there'd be folk tales of one giant world. Yeah, and maybe I guess that could be what Kyrie's grandmother's legend is. You know, mm-hmm. it yeah. could support the idea that the worlds just haven't been separate for that long,
0: um, right?
1: But I also, when it comes to Ansem, you know, I don't think he's the first person to discover this because you know we okay. have someone like King Triton who, right, flat out knows like the T. like he tells right, someone, right, right. You shall, yeah. That's, that's so.
0: That's so interesting to me too. Like, how did he find out all of this information? What does he know? Yeah. Like, how, yeah. Totally, and you even have you know the villain league of
1: Maleficent, and yeah, and you know, all of you know that little circle of villains, they all know they yeah. all went to Hollow Bastion somehow. So it's yeah, it, it's just weird because it's like you know, they might have all the villains might have discovered it after Ansem, but uh-huh. I personally feel like Ansem discovering Heartless on his own, which then led him to discover the door, which then led him to discover the border. Uh-huh. It seems to me that that all originated from not how smart Ansem is, but from the fact that he's evil enough to experiment on people to yeah. turn them into Heartless in the first place. So it might be, like, if we have some other planet, you know, let's say the people in Neverland, you know, they all live in London. They all have telescopes. Right. I don't think it's necessarily that they don't realize they're one, that all those stars are other worlds. Not because they're not smart enough, but because Mm -hmm. they didn't take that one action that Ansem decided to take. Right. To me. That's how I feel.
0: Yeah. And, oh, my God, I want to focus on that for a second. I, like... I am so curious about these circumstances that Ansem created to turn people into Heartless. That's I Like, crazy. it's so morbid. It's so <laughs> cool. Like, we teased in our trailer, like, human experimentation and blah, blah, blah. And we're hitting this on the first episode because, like, it's, it's so crazy. It's so
1: interesting. Especially, like, there's, like, some line in one of his reports where he talks about giving the heartless living and non-living samples. But that's the word he uses, samples. So we don't know if he's giving them, like, rats. We don't know if he's giving them more people. It's uh, really coconuts. It's, it's really crazy how evil this, <laughs> this fucking guy is.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, like, in, in, like, such huge contrast to the actual plot of this game. I
1: know. Of like you have the Chip most happiest
0: tw- yeah, <laughs> yeah, the most happiest 12-year-old boy <laughs> jumping with Goofy and Donald around to the Little Mermaid and uh fucking Hercules with Chip and Dale at their side and meanwhile yeah. we're <laughs> I just imagining Sora reading these reports and like having a crisis about I it. I know. That's the other <laughs> thing. You really You know,
1: reading the reports ourselves is one thing, but I almost imagine, like, Jiminy reading the reports and purposely not telling Sora because he's (laughs) not
0: ready. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because, like, I, yeah, no, like, I've never really thought about it before, but, like, it's, a yeah, that's kind of a little immersion-breaking. Like, Mm. Sora, like, if Sora collects those reports and doesn't say anything about that, that's a little... I don't know. It's a little inconsistent. Yes. Yeah. Especially because we know that he
1: actually collects them because Aerith is the one who told us that, you know, he has a bunch of papers spreaded throughout the world, you know? Uh So we know we actually collect them, but we just never talk about them, which I think is a little frustrating. I think it'd be really interesting seeing Sora
0: read these. Yeah. Yeah, but whatever. We, we don't get the Sora angst till way later. <laughs> Ooh. Um but yeah, that's just that's so crazy to to chew on. Like one of the most like happiness and love and light, you know, games to ever exist out there has this, you know, <laughs> not B plot, but like underlying story to it, which is crazy. It's it's wackadoodle. Um yeah, speaking of, it some, um, the other world that we talked about was mm. Destiny Islands, and I'm just so curious as to why only Riku can see the keyhole on the door, and yeah. Sora can't. That's it's- crazy. And this is something I didn't
1: know for years, because it's so subtle. It's yeah. so subtle. I didn't know this, I think, until, like, a couple years ago from today, 2023. Uh-huh. So, realizing that, I think I
0: had to read it online. I don't think I ever even noticed it myself. Yeah, that sounds like something someone on Tumblr would point out. <laughs> yeah, Riku
1: stan on Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, which, you know, makes me think about um when Sora and Riku were talking and Riku ends up, obtaining sora's keyblade and you kind of have to ask yourself like okay like i thought sora was the chosen one like (laughs) what's going on here like it's so it's so weird because um who was it was it ansem who told riku it's because your heart was stronger at that moment or something and you know, we do see Riku get another keyblade later on, but even mm-hmm. then, Riku's still kind of possessed by Ansem, and we don't know if that changes anything. Right. But right. it's definitely weird yeah, that I,
0: Riku could see this keyhole for- he was so young, you know? Yeah. I, um, when- I I want to go back and rewatch this cutscene, because I, I haven't yet since, since learning that information. Mm. Um- and it just it makes me wonder, and like knowing the future of the series and how deliberate everything is, um, I know that this is probably not the case. But like, it just makes me wonder if that was like an accident, if they, yeah, if they only put it there from, uh, you know, Riku's possible perspective, just because, like, that was just an inconsistency. Yeah. And now it could possibly have story and lore implications, but again, you know, knowing how this this series plays out, even if it was on accident, it's probably not going to like they're going to make it not be on accident.
1: Yeah. Later. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I'll I'll go back and rewatch soon, but yeah.
1: Yeah, it's weird because like when you think about, cause like most of the game that we see that door there's no keyhole. So, like, mm-hmm. the one time that you do see the keyhole, I feel like it had to be coded. I mean, I don't know, right, really know right, how game right. dev works. Yeah. But it's just so weird that somebody went in and coded, okay, for this one shot, not even the whole scene, just this one shot, we're gonna change the texture of the door yeah. to have this keyhole on it. It's yeah, just true. so weird. And the fact that, like, Even when Sora obtains the Keyblade on Destiny Islands and he finally has it and he runs in back to that cave to see Kairi, Uh it still doesn't have that keyhole, even though it's opened completely. Uh It's just bizarre. It's so bizarre.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Interesting to think about in on for Mm -hmm. future stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So with uh, this kind of ties back to my um keyhole questions but um whenever i was reading through um and we were talking about like the order of like the meteor showers like the the door being open and then there's the meteor shower but then the meteor shower comes first and then the door is opened mm-hmm. i i was trying to think of possible explanations for that and like you can stop me if this is a stupid question or not a clear question for whatever reason okay um but like is it Possible they're seeing barrier fragments from other worlds? Like, would those Hollow Bastion fragments, would they be able to see that from Destiny Islands? Is it, like, are they, is it the same meteor shower that they're seeing, possibly? You know, I think that's a really interesting idea. Especially if we,
1: put. you know, if we... In Ansem's report, he talks about sending Kyrie. Out into the universe or whatever yeah, to see uh-huh. if she somehow gravitates towards the key bearer. Mm-hmm. And so I think it would be really, that's really interesting to think about. If Kyrie being blasted off into space, if somehow the particles of Hollow Bastion, like, followed her or, like, went into the same stream of space yeah.
0: as her... I think that's a really interesting idea. Ooh, oh, I'm following your, your steps of becoming a thier- theory <laughs> channel here. Um, Yeah, okay. That was just, yeah, that was something that I was, like, trying to think of, like, in terms of, like, the order. Because, again, my brain is searching for answers and trying to explain and you, things. You know,
1: that would also explain why. Because, I mean... I mean, how small were Sora and Riku in those flashbacks? They were tiny. Yeah. So it'd be really interesting if it would explain why those cutscenes occurred where Kyrie arrives and then they see a meteor shower and then they find the door. And then, like, what? A decade later, th- then they, the door opens, you know, and everything goes yeah. to pot? Uh-huh. So, you know, that's a long gap. So if the meteors don't, if the meteors do correlate, then it would be interesting that Destiny Islands' barrier probably broke, like, very, very close to the beginning of Kingdom
0: Hearts 1 rather than those flashbacks. Right. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Um, and now Sora has to go fix all of it.
1: And now he has to go fix all of it. (laughs) Slug girl, boy. He may have started at Destiny Islands, but
0: goddamn if that wasn't the last world that he finally got to fix. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, we've kind of covered everything that I wanted to sort of go over for our discussion. Um, And as we said in our introductory episode, if you haven't listened to that, I would highly suggest that you do. So you just kind of get an idea of what... We're kind of doing with this format and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, as we said in that episode, we're going to be telling you what our next topic is. So if you have any questions about that particular topic, you can send them to us at sheddingstarlight at gmail.com. And if we don't address it in our scripted section, then we will address it in the discussion. Mm. Um, What's so our next topic? Our next topic is about the differences between pure blood and emblem heartless. And we're already working on that script as we speak. So that's yes. exciting. So feel free, if you have any lore questions, uh, send them to that email. We'll put it in the description of the episode. Um, or if you're watching on YouTube, you can throw those questions into the comments. Mm-hmm. Um And yeah, that's it for our first episode. Mel, how do you feel? I feel good. I feel excited. I am also so excited. So, if you're already enjoying the the show so far, consider rating us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And we'll be back next Monday. Thank you for tuning in. And Mel, are you ready? Are you ready for the sign off? I hope so. Okay, three, two, one. We'll We'll see see you in in the the starlight. starlight.